Hey everybody, welcome to the Five State Revival uh, YouTube channel and uh, podcast and uh, glad you guys are listening in. I have a special um, just episode I want to do today. I have with me as our guest, uh, our sister in the Lord, uh, Natasha. Is it Burgess? Burgess, yeah. Burgess, okay, that's how you I say it. I answer to Burgess. That's what I get most of the time. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'll try to get it right. I'll try no, to No, it's okay. It I'm not worried. <laughs> So Natasha, uh, she she loves the Lord, and um, and she she's just faithfully following Jesus, um, and she is um, also a lover of Israel. Like she loves Israel, she loves the Jewish people, and uh, she's passionate about about uh, God's plans for these people and for this nation. And so I wanted to just invite her on to share her story. And of course, my goal, uh, I'll just say it out front, like. My goal is I want uh, every follower of Jesus to intentionally align with Jesus, his heart for Israel and his plans for Israel. And I just feel like that is going to be so essential, especially as we get closer to the return of Jesus. Is mm-hmm. that is that intellectually we, we at least have a, um, a grasp of the main points of why Israel is important. Not, mm-hmm. not just for them, but for us as Gentiles, you know, God's redemption plans for all the nations of the earth are contingent upon him fulfilling his promises to Israel. And so um, it's important that we get our Bibles open and that we we start the conversation with the Lord. And that's what as she shares her story today. That's what I want to encourage you to do is because um, you may be like, man, this is a new subject to me. Like, I love all the nations. What's why is Israel so important? Why? Why is why is that a big deal? I, I would just encourage you that I'm hoping that this will um, it stir you up to just open your Bible and to pray and start the conversation with the Lord. Just go to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, you know what? I love you and I trust you. And I want to make sure that in all things, I want to be aligned with your heart and your plans. So mm-hmm. concerning Israel, what's your heart for Israel, Jesus? Show me what it is and teach me what are your plans for Israel and just stay in that conversation and start it with the Lord. And I I promise you, he'll start talking to you about that. And the word will come alive to you uh, like never before. It will be uh, an awesome thing. So I just want to encourage you to do that. So Natasha, thank you for being with us. Yeah. Glad to be here. And so I'll just start off. I'll just uh, ask you, you know, why is Israel so important to you? You're a Gentile. Um, How did you, how did you become so passionate about Israel? That's good. Yeah, um, I have been a part of a Bible study for some years, and um, not the entirety of the Bible study, but a large majority of it is about just the life of Jesus and just learning about his life and the prophecies about him and his plan for the remainder of this age and you know the age to come. And I think that I grew up um, with parents who really love Israel and a church that cared about Israel. But I think it became personal to me when I started to see in scripture, um, his plan for what would unfold in Israel as the day of the Lord draws near. And so one almost piqued the interest for the other, if you will. Yeah. Was there anything like, was this a gradual process for you where you just kind of your, it grew in your heart or was it, it was, was there a, a key moment that you're like, oh my goodness, like I had this encounter or I saw this thing in scripture? Yeah, yeah. I would say actually both and. I, like I said, I grew up knowing um, 
the like I, I grew up knowing that Israel was important and the important nature of it to the Lord. I knew um, that there was blessing for those who blessed and prayed for Israel. I knew that we would never come against Israel. I remember my dad, like as a little kid, making a comment like the Lord is so like unsatisfied when people come against the nation of Israel, you know, like no matter what you do, like never come against Israel, those sorts of things. Okay. But I actually had a really incredible encounter um, I guess it was probably 2020, so just a few years ago. And um, I was just cleaning my house, and it was so cool. The Lord, I was like, Lord, I, I want to draw near to you, and I want to like um, know how to pray better. I want to pray the things that are on your heart. I don't just want to pray prayers that are, you know, prayers that sound good to my flesh, but maybe aren't doing anything. And I just said, Lord, what is the key to your heart? And immediately I just felt the Holy Spirit speak the word of God to me and say, Jerusalem is the apple of my eye. And if you will commit your life to intercession for Israel, to intercession for the Jewish people, to, to talking to me, dialoguing with me about Israel, I will reward you with continual nearness. And that has been truly wow. the testimony is I talk to him about Israel. I pray for the people of Israel and his pride have, I can feel like goosebumps even now, like yeah. his presence is on that conversation. He cares about that topic. Amen. That's so good. I, um, <clears throat> so what, when you, if you were speaking to people, if you were discipling new believers, um, and, and you were talking to them about this, um, what would you, what would you say? to to a gentile who's just like you know they love jesus mm -hmm. and they love the nations they want all nations to be saved but but maybe they're they don't they're like I, I just don't understand why israel is so important i know they were important in the past obviously yeah. it's, it, they're all over the, the whole bible is around them but um but why are they still relevant today what are some of the things that you would share with them yeah, I think one of the things that broke me out of my box, a friend of ours, and you know him, Ray Vanderlinden, he yep. challenged my husband and I so strongly in the area of reading scripture for um, how scripture was written and not for how a 21st century, you know, white American woman would perceive scripture. Right. <laughs> like what was Jesus intended audience when he said these things? What were the prophets intended audience when these things were um, written and spoken? So I would say to the believer, to the Gentile, who's like, I love Jesus, but I don't really see the relevance of Israel. I guess my challenge would be, and it was the challenge that was presented to me. And that's just try to think outside of yourself. Like, if you love Jesus, he says, if you love me, you'll obey me, right? And so part of the way that we show obedience to him is by caring about the things he cares about, loving the things he loves. And I think it, it doesn't have to be so cerebral. Like, you don't have to know, well, I know all the prophecies about Israel and like all these scriptures. It's just really pure and innocent. Lord, I want to care about Israel. I don't really care about Israel, or I don't know why I should care about Israel. Will you give me a heart for the things that you care about? And I think that's a good place to start. Come on. I love that. I love that. Because we do trust Jesus, obviously. Right, we're we're right. following Jesus already as Lord. And it's like, okay, Lord, like, like I trust you. So yeah. if, if something's important to you and it needs to become important to me, then show me that. 
Yeah, like, exactly. show me that because I because I trust your leadership. Yeah, it really is that simple. You know, he's so good. He wants to talk to us about these things. Mm, I love that. Praise God. So um, can you hear dogs barking? I got nope. tons of dogs barking all around me. So just checking. <clears throat> so I love uh, what you shared there about Israel and, and even what you said, I love too about the challenge that uh, Ray was giving to you in the Bible yeah. studies. Try to, what was, as you read through the Bible, try to uh, not just, you know, not just automatically spiritualize it to apply to your context. Exactly. But yeah. What was God actually saying to the intended audience when he yeah. wrote it? Um, I think that is absolutely essential. That's a big key. Also, and, and I think just it made me think there's as we've been praying for Israel. Uh, one of the uh, the things I noticed is uh, earlier in the year, you know, there were like five million plus believers around the world who are fasting and praying for Israel. Yeah. For 21 yeah. Days. And um, so I was doing that. And one of the things I loved, I discovered in that time is like when you pull out these scriptural promises that typically I, as a Gentile for my whole time walking with Jesus, I've, I've spiritualized and applied to whatever I need it for. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then when you take it and actually pray it over Israel, who is actually written to, it fits so well. There's like, so much power on it. I know. There is. <laughs> and I was thinking like one example, I remember it was uh, earlier this year, I was praying Isaiah 54, which there's this promise in there god's actually speaking to israel through Isaiah yeah. at the time and he talks about no weapon formed against you will prosper. right right and every tongue that rises up against you will be condemned and i'm like oh i love that i've always heard that quoted right so i'd pray god let no weapon formed against me prosper let yeah. every tongue that rises up against me you know the accusations the slander whatever yeah. it is let it just be struck down and have no effect and then as I started praying that over Israel, who it was actually given to, I'm like, man, that fits so perfect. I mean, you right. think even today, what's going on with Israel? There's 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 a propaganda and slander and deception and yeah. tongues rising up against Israel. Yeah. But then also literally having rockets every day being shot to them and to pray. Yeah. God, let no weapon formed against them prosper. Yeah. And every every word that's spoken against them, you know, be struck down, basically. That's good. Another one I think of in that is, I have my Bible here. It's, um, yeah, Isaiah 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring goodness to the poor. And then it, like, says all these, like, you know, the liberty of captives, blah, blah, blah. It gets to, to grant those who mourn in Zion and to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the spirit of praise instead of a faint spirit. And that's so good. But we are often, and I've done it before, I think we're like, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me. To, and it's not bad to pray scripture over ourselves, right? Like that's yeah. so good. But I think that part of, what has freed my heart so much in praying out scripture for Israel, like what you're talking about, is it takes me outside of myself. And if I'm just praying for myself, I'm just praying for my own needs, I'm just speaking the word over myself, I can become really selfish. Introspection hits so hard. But it's like whenever I get caught up in the storyline of Jesus, it brings freedom to other areas of my life that now I'm not even contending for or focusing on. I'm actually just looking to him and he's working all the things out in my own heart. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Yeah, that's good. So as you as you've been praying, like because you mentioned earlier how the Lord spoke to you in 2020, how Jerusalem is the apple of my eye mm -hmm. and, you know, called you to intercession to commit your life to that, if I remember right. Yeah. Commit your life to intercession for Jerusalem. Like how what does that look like for you? Um, well, there's like biblical practicality and then there's how it's executed. So do you want me to talk about kind of both? Sure. Okay. So, um, in scripture, there are examples of things that are always happening, right? Like we know that the scene around the throne room, there's continual praise that's always going on. Um, we know that like, we just see these pillars of things that God says, like, this is always going on. But in Isaiah 62, Verse six, it says on your watchmen or on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. And then it says, you who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. And then he goes on to say that he is swore by his right hand and, you know, like all like this promise will come. And so he literally says, Day and night, give me no rest until Jerusalem is established as a praise in the earth. So that tells me he is always interested in talking about the restoration of Israel. So I think like, all right, I have scripture that he says through his prophet about his people. It gives me permission. Like he's always up for that conversation. Amen. So I love that. Yeah, that's been a huge like, all right. I don't have to stop because he's not getting tired of talking about it. Come on. It doesn't and, bore him. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so you're, you know, you're a, you're a mom of, mm -hmm. of how many kids do you have? Two little kids. Two six little and two. kids. Yeah. So you got young kids. You're very involved in your church. I mean, yeah. you know, you have a busy life. So like the day and night praying, what are, can you give us just one or two examples of how you implement that in yeah. your life as a busy mom? And I'm yeah. just thinking for some of the others, there might be some ideas for them about how they can start intentionally yeah. praying for Israel. Um, I think one of the biggest things has been bringing my kids into it. Something that the Lord has been talking to me about, like the church in the West, we're very consumed by the idea of like quiet time with the Lord. Yeah. And we're really the first ish generation who's had the luxury of like, I will seek you in the solitude. That's yeah. not really something that, a lot of generations have had. So I guess just like, I don't have to have a hot cup of coffee in a quiet room with like candles lit to really pray. Like I'll just be in the middle of my day and it'll just be a, like, I'll just stop like, all right, my kids' names are Judah and Selah. And I'm like, Judah and Selah, like come around. We're just going to pray for this, pray for this. Like whenever um, Hamas attacked Israel, I explained to Judah like I can to a six-year-old, you know, I didn't go into great detail, but just kind of what was happening. And he, in his own, like, by his own will, without any prompting, was like, mom, well, I, I make Instagram videos a lot. So he sees me doing that. And he was like, mom, I need to make a video and put it on the internet and tell people to pray for Israel. Come so on. I was like, okay. So I recorded like a 40 second video of him, like, Israel was attacked. God loves Israel. We need to pray for the Jewish people. <laughs> like, all Come right. On. So like bring them in because they will actually care about the things we care about and love the things we love. It doesn't have to be this like Gnostic, silent, holy thing. It's just like real life. Like, let's just do it right now. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. 
I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah. Um, I, I would say to, I'd like to share this, you know, illustration. Um, cause I think some people can be like, like, I know, like, um, you know, I, I work with people in Myanmar right now that they're facing civil war. I mean, mm. it's been going on for years, like yeah. horrible atrocities, like genocide, uh, um, against, you know, certain people groups that's going on there. Then yeah. of course there's, you know, Russia, Ukraine is going on right now. Uh, I've been talking with people like, uh, from Somalia and Sudan, and they're talking about just the, the, the wars and the brutality and the, the executions and the crazy stuff that's going on. So like you have, and then of course there's, there's what's going on in Israel right now, the end that we've seen with Hamas, et cetera. But so there's these injustices that are all over the earth. And yeah. we could we could talk about the injustices happening in our own nation here in the United States. Sure, of America. Yeah. And and I know, you know, sometimes I, I just I think people are like, man, I, I'm like, I've got enough injustice to pray for and deal with. Like, I mm -hmm. need the breakthrough of justice and, and peace in my own city, in my own nation where I'm living and what I'm dealing with, like, why should I pray for the peace of Jerusalem? I need to be praying for the peace of where I'm at or this area and this area and this area. And I, I like to tell people this, like, I remember one time when the Afghanistan thing was happening, this is like two or three years ago when the U S pulled its troops out of Afghanistan and the Taliban mm -hmm. took over. Oh yeah. And, it was terrible. And there are people just literally clinging to the outside of planes and falling through the air to their yeah. death, just trying to get out of Afghanistan. It was horrific. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is so terrible. And I remember one time I, I, I was at the grocery store and I talked to the checkout lady and I was like, Hey, what can I pray for you about? And she kind of got this like sarcastic look on her face. And she was like, huh, like pray for world peace. But it was kind of like the way the tone was like, like, that's never going to happen. Right, like, th right. This is so like impossible. Like things are just crazy. And I remember I was thinking about that afterward. Really her request in telling me to pray for world peace was synonymous with Isaiah 62, where he says, pray for yeah. the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah. That's because, good. because world peace begins biblically, according to God's plan, the first city to experience righteousness and peace and justice in fullness is the city of Jerusalem. That's good. When Jesus returns and he begins yeah. to reign from Jerusalem and then from Jerusalem, it spreads justice and peace spreads throughout the earth. Um, like a fountain, it just pumps yeah. it out of Jerusalem until literally, um, all the nations of the earth are, are, are filled with it, justice and peace, yeah. and righteousness going from there. So, I like to think of this, like if you're in Myanmar, you're in Ukraine, you're in wherever it is, these nations, we should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem because, because um, when Jerusalem gets her breakthrough, Myanmar, Somalia, yeah, and all the on. other nations That's of so the good. earth will get their breakthrough. But biblically, according to God's plan, it starts in Jerusalem. And so I'm like, this is why if you care about justice in your own nation, you should be passionately praying for God to bring peace to Jerusalem. And, and I'll, I'll just say this, and then I want to ask you a, another question, but um, I, so I use this illustration as a Gentile, non-Jewish person, like wh why do I care about Israel and God's promises to Israel being fulfilled? Um, imagine that I came up to you, like I'm a wealthy billionaire and I come up to you and said, you know what? I like you, Like you got favor in my eyes. I'm going to make a covenant with you. 
I'm going to give you a million dollars a month for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And you would be like, oh my goodness, you're awesome. Like I accept, I say yes, you know what I mean? You want to make a covenant and sign? Sure. I'm in, you know, I'll do it. But then I said this and I look at your neighbor and I said, you know what? I really love you too. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to give you $2 million a year. I mean a month for the rest of your life, but you are going to take a million of that and give it to your neighbor. And that's the one I just promised it to. Mm. So all of a sudden you're like, okay, now you're very passionate about me fulfilling my promises to your neighbor. That's so Because good. unless I keep my promise to them, my promise to you isn't going to be fulfilled either. That's so good. And Man, really, that's, that's such a good analogy. And that's really how God has set it up in the word with Israel. He's like, yeah, I do love Israel, but he loves all. It's always been to bring redemption to all the people groups on the earth. Yeah. But he says, when I fulfill my promises to Israel and Jerusalem, he says, then all the promises of salvation to all the nations that's so good. Uh, yeah. will be fulfilled at the same time. I love that. So I want to oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you were talking, it reminded me of Isaiah 2. Um, where it's talking about what will come to pass in the latter days when the mountain house of the Lord is established, the mountain of the house of the Lord is established. And it literally says in verse three, many nations will flow to Zion and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in his path for from Zion shall go forth the law the word of the Lord concerning Jerusalem, and he will um, settle disputes between nations. Come on. It's like the whole earth will go to Jerusalem for like true peace and justice to be executed by Jesus's leadership. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Isaiah two is one of the key passages for that. Micah four, one through four is a parallel passage to that. And the fruit of that, if you keep reading like a verse down, it is world peace. Like actually the nations disband their militaries and they repurpose all their military weapons into farming equipment because there's no war anymore. Yeah, And um, so that's what we're talking about. That's exactly. Yeah. It's so awesome. So what's the Lord I wanted to ask you like this Mm -hmm. current war that's happening in Israel. Has the Lord been stirring your heart? uh, Anything related to that in particular? Um. My prayer has really, is that what you mean? Like in prayer or in general? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, what are some of the prayers he's been stirring up in you for this? Probably the biggest prayer that I've been praying is out of Isaiah 62, that he would set watchmen on the walls specifically um, based just out of what's said in Romans 11. I've been praying that Gentile watchmen will be set on the walls to pray for Jerusalem. Um, And then also just that, Jews would know Yeshua as their Messiah. That has been a huge prayer in all of this. You know, we were talking about it before the show, but there are events that are going to unfold that God says are going to unfold. And it's going to be really hard for Israel at the end of the age. And so if our hearts are asking the Holy Spirit, like just like what Jesus did to the Father, teach me how to pray. Like, I only want to pray what... I hear you saying, I want to do what I see you doing. Um, I think that that's kind of been where I've, I'm at. It's just like this really lowly posture of what does the Bible say I should pray pertaining to Israel? And what is the Holy Spirit leading me to pray for Israel? And just trying to keep it 
really aligned with scripture and really aligned with the heart of God instead of superimposing my own narrative in there. I love that. Amen. So I, I'm curious, like, and if you don't don't feel the pressure to come up with something sure. to, to answer this question, but I'm just curious. So do you have any thoughts as like the Lord's maybe been showing you anything related to how this current war in Israel could possibly be related to the end of the age scenario, the return of Jesus, any of that? Um, I guess geopolitically, my and this might be like a whole other conversation. So if I'm going somewhere right. you want to tend me to pull me back in and I'll you know redirect. It sounds good. But I guess geopolitically, my eyes are always on like what's happening in Turkey, what are the Turkish doing? Like what's going on there? So um as far as what this war means, you know, it's just like we were talking about earlier before before the live, it's just I think like what you said, this is like the birth pangs, if you will. I don't think that we're at like the end or anything like that, but I think it's the day is nearing, you know, time is barreling toward that day. So yeah. um, I, I don't have like a, like if, if the timeline were like laid out, I can't be like, we're here, but, and I, I don't desire to do that. I know that's not what you're asking, but um, yeah, I just think it's like, Oh, biblical prophecies unfolding like wow this feels a lot like amos (laughs) it's just like okay what's happening here so yeah just watching that and kind of keeping keeping my heart uh humble before the lord and also being in the word and but i don't think i have like a thought beyond that okay no that's cool i was just asking well i mean i don't i uh yeah, the scripture, the reason I ask is because, you know, Jesus tells us to watch and to pray. Yeah. And so I, I do think it's actually biblical to, with a Bible open and a, and a prayerful, humble spirit, to pay attention to what's happening in the earth. Yeah. Be asking questions about to the Lord, staying that good. Like, Lord, how does this relate to your, your, the end of the age scenario? Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, the end of the age scenario, as I understand it in the Bible, there is a ultimate crisis that will come to Israel um, where they'll be invaded. The Antichrist army will invade Israel and, mm-hmm. and do similar things to what we've seen, but it'd go to a whole nother level. Yeah. Way bigger. I don't think in my, this is my opinion. I could be wrong on this. So I'm just <laughs> observing. I'll just caveat out there. Nothing's Nobody has to cement. agree with what I'm saying right now. Um, but, uh, I don't think this present crisis is that crisis, that I agree final crisis uh, for a lot of several different reasons. But one thing, as I've been observing this crisis and I read the scriptures that talk about the, the, the ultimate crisis that's yet to come in the future, I think this is like, you can see it. It's almost like a, uh, the type of thing that will be happening in the final crisis on a smaller level. And I, yeah. this is the, the greatest tragedy that's happened to Israel since the Holocaust. Yeah. But compared to the ultimate crisis, the Bible talk describes at the end of the age, you know, where it's, um, you know, there were 1200, 1300 people killed or whatever it is. And, um, uh, but I think that the numbers of Jewish people that will be killed in the final crisis are the Bible says are, are much higher. Yeah. I think there are 150 captives yeah. captured and you see like what it's like for them to be captured. Um, so when I read like Isaiah 61, when I think is 
is describing how Messiah, when he comes back, the, the healing and anointing that would be on him to restore Israel mm. from the crisis that they just went through. Um, and he talks about binding up the brokenhearted, you know, uh, setting captives free, um, giving sight to the blind, beauty for ashes. Man, I, it, like those promises, you could see like what it, those people that are captured now, if they if they come back, there's a massive healing process they're going to have to go through internally yeah. and externally because of the trauma of what they went through. And Isaiah 61 would be a great thing to pray over them. Yeah, that's um, so true. But anyway, so I guess it's just kind of giving me a picture and preparing my heart. I'm praying now in real time for breakthroughs, but also yeah. uh, maybe what those scriptures look like of what they'll go through at the end of the age and, of course, praying for their salvation. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's right on. Yeah. Um, OK, so real quick, this you can just do a quick answer on this one because you've okay. got about a, a minute left. And I want to just pray for Israel to wrap up. Sounds but, good. Um, what resources would you recommend? Like any books, podcasts, messages, like to somebody who's like, I want to learn more about what the Bible says about Israel. And, and uh, what is there any book or resource that you'd recommend? Yeah, um, I have a couple. So I would say it's super simple. Just get on YouTube, type in Mike Bickle, Israel. That's a great place to start pretty much yeah. anything. That Amen, I agree. I would endorse that. And then um, something that I think will really at the very least get the wheels spinning about everything is um, you can download the FAI app and go oh, through yes. like the Maranatha global Bible study. I was put out in like 2020, which FAI stands for frontier Alliance international. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. And then they also have a documentary on their app or they have a couple of documentaries on their app um, covenant and controversy. And mm. I think it has two or three parts and it really just walks you through the history of Israel, the history of the persecution of the Jews, and then what is coming for them. Talks about the covenant and the controversy. It's it's really in the name. So I think yeah. those are great places to start. I don't want to like overwhelm, but there are so yeah. many good resources those are good. out there. Yeah, that's really good. I appreciate it. Those are both oh, yeah. really excellent ones. Um, so how can people like follow you? I know you're you know you put out videos and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. I'm on, I would say primarily on Instagram is where I'm having this conversation and my Instagram name is just my first and last name with my middle initial K. So Natasha K Burgess. And it's one, one word, <laughs> one. Okay. Yep. Awesome. I'll get yeah. on my Instagram. I hardly ever on my Instagram. Yeah, I, I yeah. basically never look at it, but, uh, and I hardly ever follow anyone because yeah. I don't want to be active on it, but I will get on today. I'm going to follow, I'm going to okay. follow yours. Cause okay. I would, I do enjoy seeing your videos when they show cool. up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm careful about what I share on Facebook just cause it's like, these are the people I see day to day. And like, maybe I don't post everything there, but Instagram, I'm like, here it is. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let's pray if we can just end. And I just want to pray for Israel. Um, yeah. and to do that. And, uh, really quickly, I just do this before we finish, but I would encourage you. I actually, I wrote a book, um, called paradise God's eternal plan for people in the earth. It's a short little book, but it's just a summary of what, of the, the, of what the Bible teaches about eternity. Um, what eternal, what did eternity will be like? It's really the first book of what I intend to be a seven book series, um, on the end times end times for beginners. So um, anyway, I encourage anyone who's interested in just learning what the Bible says about eternity um, to check that book out. So let's pray. Yeah.
So why don't you just start us off and just pray for Israel and then I'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Yeah, Lord, thank you for this time that we have to freely come and talk about Israel, talk about your plan for your people and the nation that you're in covenant with. Yeah. Lord, I, I just pray right now over the people who are listening, the Gentiles who are listening, who would say, I want to hear about Israel, but I really don't, or I don't know how to. I ask that you would just put in their hearts, Lord, a burning desire from you to start to, se to seek these things out, to search these things out. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would meet them in their searching. God, we ask that you would encounter them in their questioning and that you would reveal your heart to Israel for them. Lord, we just right now pray over the nation of Israel. We pray for the Messianic believer there, that they would be protected, Lord, that they Amen. would be lights and evangelists in this hour, that they would be able to take the, the Torah, but also the rest of Scripture and present it to their unbelieving Jewish brothers and sisters and say, there is a Savior coming, there is a Redeemer, and He is coming. And then for the unsaved Jew, we pray for salvation. Lord, we pray for peace in Jerusalem, ultimately, the Maranatha yes. cry, God, that you would come and execute perfect peace and leadership in the nation of Israel for your people in Jesus' name. Come on. Yeah, Lord, I agree with that prayer. And I just ask that you would raise up watchmen on the wall who would give you no rest night yeah. and day until you make Jerusalem the praise of the earth. God, I just pray that you would, even through this crisis, as it goes on, I'd pray that the number of intercessors who are praying for Israel would multiply exponentially throughout the nations of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I pray that you would teach us um, how to pray for Israel according to your word, according to your heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, amen. All right. Natasha, thank you so much for doing this. I've really yes. enjoyed it. And Me I, I too. Thank you. Yeah. Well, God bless you. And thank you everybody who's listening. And um, I encourage you to please uh, like this video if you enjoyed it, subscribe to the YouTube channel and then share it with others. God bless you.